0: Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It has been said that the preacher's task is to to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Um, Sometimes I fear that I'm uh, afflicting the afflicted and comforting the comfortable. But the task is to afflict the comfortable and to comfort the afflicted because we are, after all, following our Lord who did both. And um, last week's reading was one of those readings uh, that we could not pigeonhole our Lord into that model that sometimes we try and do of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. If you'll remember, Um, The Gospel reading was, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And I didn't preach on that last week because this reading, this week, rounds out the entire tenth chapter of Matthew. And that reading really needs to be taken in the context of the entire 10th chapter of Matthew. Indeed, in the entire gospel narrative, because how do we square those words with words that Jesus has also said, which is, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give to you, and to honor father and mother. So today we're looking at the entire 10th chap- chapter of Matthew's Gospel, which has been called the Missionary Discourse. Uh, Jesus, as early as the 4th chapter in Matthew, has stated why he has come. His mission statement, repent for the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. He's called 12 co-workers, his disciples to work with him to spread that message repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven same thing is at hand 12 uh, he chose 12 purposefully they represent the 12 tribes of Israel because if you remember as early as Genesis God has set aside a people but there's a so that in there He has set aside Abraham to be the father of a great nation so that, Genesis 12 verses 2 to 3, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Israel was always part of God's salvation history, setting aside a a nation, a people, to be a blessing. All of that history narrowed onto the top of a hill at Calvary into an Israel of one, the seed singular of Abraham, who is Jesus, a Jew in Abraham's line, in David's line, who becomes an Israel of one. And has joined together 12 co-workers to be a new Israel, if you like, an ongoing Israel in salvation history. And we are the inheritors of those 12, disciples who made disciples who made disciples going on through the ages so this is what's happening in chapter 4 he's said what he's come to do he's called 12 co-workers about him and then in uh, chapters 5 through 7 he gives them discipleship training 101 what does it mean to be a disciple of this Jesus What are the standards of discipleship? for those who will follow him and proclaim his word. And then chapters 8 through 9 in Matthew's Gospel, a Jesus revealing his authority, revealing God's power through the words spoken and through the miracles that take place, the healings that take place, and the casting out of demons. So his great power and authority is shown forth in chapters 8, through nine this indeed is the promised Messiah the Jewish Messiah who has come and through whom all nations all families of the earth will be blessed and so now it's time to send the disciples out he's chosen them He's discipled them, he's taught them, he's shown them that he has the power to do that which he has said he will do and now he's sending them out. But he's sending them out in his own power and authority. He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast out and to heal every disease And every affliction. Do you know I've read that passage so many times and this week as I was preparing this sermon every time I went back to it the word every just popped off in bold off of the page. We have a healing ministry here. We've been given the same power as the disciples were given by Jesus, his own power and his authority over every sickness, over every affliction, and the spiritual authority to cast out every unclean spirit. Jesus tells them, go. Proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. They go in his own authority, in his own power, with an extension of the work that he is already doing and they have been commanded to go and do Likewise, so that the signs and the wonders will show people that the kingdom of heaven has indeed come near and has come in with great power into the kingdoms of the world, into the kingdoms of Satan, into the kingdom of darkness of the enemy. God's kingdom of light has already broken in in signs and wonders and great power um, by the preaching of the word. And there to go, he says, don't make preparations don't get and get your kit together just go you know how many times do we think if we just study a little bit more we'll be able to step out into that which the Lord has called us to maybe if I go back to school maybe if I spend a little bit more time you know what happens with that is that we keep studying and the more we study the less able we feel that we're to do what the Lord has called us to do because he says he's going to equip us and he's going to make us able to do those things that he's called us to do so Jesus says go You know when I went to do CPE at Florida Hospital, um, clinical pastoral education, we had um, you know maybe an hour or two's worth of study and then we were sent out onto the floors and I had the ICU and then the step-down ICU and the critical care. I had three really tough wards or floors. and and of course there are codes, people are coding uh, a lot and um, you're just going into that situation see there's no amount of training that can prepare you for that so you just go into these places where people are hurting where they're grieving, where they're suffering and uh, you stand there and the prayer is Jesus help because it's you that are needed to come into this situation not me so the more I thought I was maybe equipped the more it was maybe me but it's actually just Jesus it's just Jesus when you're in those places it's only Jesus and so there's a trust factor there Jesus you come in just use me but it's you who come in and minister to these families and to these people. And that's exactly what the disciples needed to do. They needed to go out and proclaim the word and heal in Jesus' name, completely trusting that it was his power that was at work. That it was his compassion and his way that were working through them. And they were told, uh, stay, you can take the hospitality of people, people can feed you, you can receive that, Um, you can receive that. If a town accepts you and listens to the word, then stay there. But if a town does not listen to you, shake the dust off of your feet and go. And this is is the difficult word of Jesus. He says, truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. But they're gathered in, they go to those towns and they preach. But it's not just to initially, they're to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because this Messiah is the Jewish Messiah. He is first and foremost the Jewish Messiah, but he is also the Saviour who is to come, the Christ for all of the nations of the world. But first, Jesus says, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But they're not only to go there because they will be brought up in synagogues, they will be brought before kings, and they will be brought before governors in the Gentile world. He says, it will not be easy. It is never easy. There is always persecution When the gospel is preached, if things are not happening, if things are not coming against the church, it means that we're not truly preaching the true word of Christ. There will be things that will come against the church. He says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, and so you are to be wise as serpents and innocent of doves. Because the Word, although Jesus doesn't come to preach division, division will happen. There will be those who cannot hear the Word. And division will happen. Do you remember a few weeks ago I was talking about uh, the woman doctor who had become a Christian. who was in jail because she would not renounce her allegiance to Jesus Christ. She was pregnant. She had her child in jail. Her other child was with her. Finally, she actually, I do truly believe through the prayers of God's people around the world, released, but at the border as she was leaving, she was refused permission to exit, and she was taken into custody again. But the last time we heard anything, she's now in the American embassy, and so praise God, she will be released. But do you know why she was in prison in the first place? Her brothers had given her up to the authorities, because they did not want her being a Christian. God's word will bring division. It's not what Jesus wants, but it's the reality of what happens when a new way of life is preached and a new way of being comes in to the kingdom of darkness he's sending them out into a place where he knows the same thing that will happen to him will happen to them. He was handed over, he was tortured and he was killed it is happening today we don't see it in this country. The secular press hardly ever mentions it, although they're beginning to. I don't know whether it was in the Washington Post or the New York Times recently. There was an article about the seven, uh, the countries, the seven top countries uh, where one could not be a Christian um, in safety, and that number is growing. I've also talked to you I think about um, Archbishop uh, Benjamin Kwashi um, an Anglican bishop in the Diocese of Nigeria in Jos province which is kind of in the middle of Nigeria. Southern Nigeria is Christian. Northern Nigeria is um, under radical Islam Uh, not peaceful Islam under radical Islam and is largely under Boko Haram which is against all things Western and some of you might know that about a month ago, a month and a half ago 200 young girls, Christian girls in a Christian school were taken out of their classrooms by Boko Haram, and they have not been returned. They were taken and made to uh, wear the Muslim clothing and given as uh, brides, as wives, to these soldiers in Boko Haram. And they have been uh, distributed around that northern part of Nigeria. It is ongoing. It is ongoing. Our brothers and sisters who stand firm in the faith are being tortured, they're being raped, and they are being crucified, even. Well but Archbishop Quashi was recently in America at a conference, and um, he was talking to the gathered people there he said Nigeria has witnessed widespread attacks from Islamist groups such as Boko Haram which seeks to establish the rule of Sharia and drive out Christians Kwashi said that bombings had occurred that very day that he was uh, preaching and teaching uh, that had happened in central Nigeria killing about 50 people But he said even after the bombs people are asking to be saved she said about these frequent attacks, many of which were directed at churches. Even after bombs, people are asking to be saved. What is the witness of these Christians such that people who are not Christians want to know this Jesus, want to come and receive eternal life, want to come and be part of this kingdom life that is ours in the Lord. Even Muslims are coming, he said. You look at how the Lord is embarrassing the devil, he said, and you say, let the persecutions continue. The gospel is a power of God. When you see it save lives, you count your suffering as nothing. This is the same man whose wife Gloria was taken out of her house, beaten, raped, and forced to walk naked at gunpoint, by these same soldiers who had been blinded in that beating miraculously healed and regained her sight again as she is with him as he is saying Only a man who knows that kind of suffering, that kind of persecution, could possibly say these words. Let the persecutions continue because the gospel is the power of God and when you see it saves lives, you count your own sufferings as nothing. See, when the gospel is preached... Jesus knew that it would divide families, that the enemy would not take it sitting down, that the enemy would fight back against the message of light, of salvation, of new life in Christ, of eternal life with the Father. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. A person's enemies will be his own household. But of course he said elsewhere, my own peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I you, but my peace. See, Jesus' peace is not the absence of trouble, it's the presence of Christ in the midst of trouble. That's his peace, and he still promises that peace. He gives to his children peace in the midst of suffering, peace in the middle of trial, peace in the face of torture and death, and these, are brothers and sisters, will not blaspheme Christ. They will not lose their allegiance to him, even as they face these sufferings, because they know, as Archbishop Quashi says, that it saves lives. The gospel is the power of God to save lives. If we call this one Lord, Lord. Then he has complete power over our lives. John Stott says this the two word affirmation, Kyrios Jesus, which means Jesus is Lord, sounded pretty harmless at first hearing but it has far-reaching ramifications. Not only does it express our conviction that he is God and Saviour, but it also indicates our radical commitment to him. The dimensions of this commitment are intellectual, bringing our minds under the yoke of Christ, moral, accepting his standards and obeying his commands, vocational, spending our lives in his liberating service, social, seeking to penetrate society with his values, political, refusing to idolize any human institution, and global, being jealous for the honor and glory of his name, To be a Christian is to be a disciple of Christ, it's to be a Christ follower, it's to give our allegiance to Christ in all of those areas, in our mind, in our morals, in our social lives, in our political ways, globally, our complete allegiance is to Jesus Christ. If we are a Christian, we're a disciple, and if we're a disciple, then we're a missionary. This is the missionary discourse of Jesus. He sent out his disciples. He sends us out as well. Now, not all missionaries go abroad. Some do. Do you know we have a missionary in this diocese? Father Stephen Duss has been called to the red light district in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's called Cracolandia. It's called Crackland. Because all of the children there are either using or dealing or both drugs. And they form these broken family units. It's the only place that they've known this kind of relationship, but it's broken. It's evil and yet they're there. And Stephen Das and his wife Mary have this ministry into the worst of these places. And it's a ministry of presence. It's not going up to the child and saying, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? It's being love. It's being the love of Christ into that place. It's bringing Christ and the kingdom of heaven into the darkest of the kingdoms of this world. And it's not a place where they see a lot of light. They don't see a lot of effect from their ministry. But every once in a while, there's a glimmer. This last blog post that Stephen made, he said, we've been, uh, you know, we've been gathering in, we've been following this young boy, he's 15 years old, He's been on the street since he was very, very young. He's been using and dealing, using and dealing. But this last time that he was detained, he came out and he sought them out. And he said, I want my life to change. I want my life to change. He said, but I'm bored. I'm bored all day long and that's why I do drugs and that's why I deal it's something to do with my life there's no hope out there I'm just bored so they talked to him his sister worked to support the entire family and so Stephen said, Father Stephen said um, what about if you cooked for the family while your sister is at work so they paid out of very small resources, they paid to have him uh, go to cooking school, and so he did that. He he went to cooking school, and he's cooking for his family now while his sister is out working. But he came back and he said, "Doesn't take me long. I'm still bored." And that's going to pull me back into this other life. So in talking to him and other people who knew him, they found out that he'd said at one time that he really felt a desire to be able to be a hairdresser, to cut hair. He's only 15. They don't take people into those kind of schools, professional schools at 15. So Father Stephen and his wife went and they pleaded with this school, would you please take him and train him up? And so he started in this, but they find out that it's really not a good school because all they're doing is they're telling the students to go and cut each other's hair. So they look for another school, and they go back to this young boy and say, "Um, well, can we look for another school for you and put you in another school? And he said, no, I've said I'll be at this school. I'll see this one out because I am learning things. I'm learning things. See, even in the darkest places, missionaries go to share the love and the light of Christ. We're to do that as well in the grocery line. Somebody looking for cash behind you, if you've got it, this is from Jesus. In our families, out in public, we're missionaries for Christ, in the way that we are. This week, um, I had a mom and her son who really needed uh, groceries. He needed a pair of shoes. Thanks be to God for uh, those of you who put into my discretionary fund. I was able to do that. I went to Walmart with them and, and then dropped them back off at their house. And they kept saying, thank you, thank you so much. And I said, this is Jesus. Do you know that? This is Jesus. It's not me. This is Jesus who wants to care for you. He's just put me here. But it's Jesus who is caring for you. That's the gospel. That's the good news of Christ. That's the power of God and we see the power of God to heal in our healing services through inner healing healing of memories physical healing spiritual healing the power of God is at work in the world today and we're all to be those missionaries because ultimately what does it mean to be a missionary but to reflect the master to be greater more and more like the Master, to be transformed into the Master and to be him into the world so that the world will know the saving grace of God so that they will be brought out of the kingdoms of this world into the kingdom of heaven, into the kingdom of light. And we're to go out fearlessly, says Jesus. Do not fear those who hurt the body. God has you in his hand. He cares for two sparrows. How much more will he care for you? Go fearlessly in the name of the Lord. We will likely never be persecuted here like our brothers and sisters are being persecuted in other nations of the world who are standing firm in their allegiance to Jesus Christ in the face of torture and rape and death, imprisonment. The most that might happen to us is that we're belittled for our faith. Will we stand firm even in that, with our allegiance to the one who can save us from the one who can kill our soul? from the enemy of our lives. Let us do so. Let us be true disciples of Christ, Christians who are disciples and who are his missionaries out into the world to bring the light of Christ to darkness. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.